Welcome back to another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. I'm Michelle here with Steph right after our conversation with Sam Price, a young and up and coming artist with a familiar but different Cornell story from the family members that you know and love from our podcast. Yeah. The keywords for today are family legacy with heart, insightful art, and second start. So you'll hear all about Sam Price right after we roll the intro. Listeners, does the name Price ring a bell? Well, if you've listened to our podcast, hopefully you've heard some of our earlier episodes where we interviewed our friend Rob Price and his brother Dave Price. Well, today we are thrice Price because we have (laughs) Rob's oldest son, Sam Price, here with us today, recent graduate of Cornell. Sam, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, we are so happy you're here. We are big fans of all the prices, even the ones that have not been on the podcast. We thought we're going to stick with that for a minute, our love for the Price family. And rather than get right into your Cornell history, we're going to ask you some family history. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here's question number one. Your father started Cornell at age 16 and your uncle too was very young when he started at Cornell, I think slightly older. How old were you when you started at Cornell? I was 18. So I had a bit of bit of a lead on them in terms of, well, I guess they had more of a lead than me in terms of their age, but. Yes, you were more mature. I had some time to acclimate before I started there. So <laughs> definitely a little bit of an advantage in that regard. Are you embarrassed at all? Yeah. Like it took you four <laughs> years to graduate high school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it's taken some time to kind of meditate on that. And <laughs> Okay. Next question. Your uncle is possibly our most favorite weather forecaster of all time. When you were growing up and played youth sports, if a game got rained out, did you call him screaming and blaming? So we, we've had a lot of early discussions about this. When he first told me that he was in this field when I was old enough to understand it, and there was always a caveat that, you know, sometimes I might get it wrong. Most of the time I will get it right, but I'm going to have you sign this NDA that if I do get it wrong, you don't have a right to complain or sue <laughs> or channel at all. That was so, smart. Yeah. No, yeah. nobody wants to hear from a mad baseball player that it got rained out for sure. <laughs> okay. What about this? Your uncle Dave took figure skating for his gym class at Cornell, which was embarrassing, but true. What did you take for your gym class? I actually took backcountry photography. That's gym? Yes, somehow. Wow. Okay. So it was kind of a way of blending my artistic interests with my uh, interest in hiking. I, I really didn't want something that was like a weekly thing. So we just had like four hikes. And then our final hike was in uh, the, the White Mountains. And it was a weekend trip. And so the the main hike was the Saturday of Columbus Daybreak. It was eight hours over this giant mountain. We get to the base where we're supposed to camp and a couple's taken the lean-to that we were supposed to sleep in. And that was just like opposite of the cherry on top for the trip. We had to (laughs) sleep on the ground away from the fire and (laughs) got to like 20 degrees out at night. So 
And I did not know anyone going into that class. So I really got to know the people in that class. Actually, now figure skating sounds a lot better. Yeah, it does. And I was going to mock him, but I took flexibility and toning. So who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. Your uncle mentioned that he went to the Rangovian embassy as his bar of choice. We think that's made up. Supposedly, it's 45 minutes away. What was the furthest you were willing to travel for a beer? Uh, I mean, that is made up, first of all. <laughs> but I, I honestly didn't go too, too far outside of like the commons. That's far. Like Mooney's was probably the farthest I went. Yeah, you're right. The commons is kind of far. That's far. When you think about it. Yeah. Okay. What about this? Your dad told us about your singing group growing up with your parents and your brothers called Full Price. And we were wondering, were you told what instrument you had to play? Like, were you given the kazoo? Oh, God. Something? Well, I don't know oh, if there was a kazoo. but not the kazoo. I hope not. Okay, but were you told what to play or did you pick your instrument and what was it? No, it, it wasn't dictatorial, okay. fortunately. Um, I started out as a keyboard player. Everyone except for my mom sang. Like, that was always a constant. Uh. And... I started taking guitar lessons in sixth grade and continued through high school. So that was kind of my role in the band. Yeah. I mean, what would have happened, though, if everybody picked the triangle? <laughs> or the cowbell. Yeah, that would have been a very sad band. If that happened, then we would have a much shorter shelf life. <laughs> but it must have been a fun family to grow up in. You're playing musical instruments together. You're singing. It's like the Von Traps or the Von Prices. Oh, Von Price. Trade market. I think full price rolls a little bit more off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> price, yeah. It's the play on words for me. I mean, I, I it's not quite a double entendre because I don't know what the full price, but it, it's a it's a very clever play on words. Very for clever. Me. Yeah. Right. And they were good. Last question. Your dad. Your dad tried to elevate his social standing by washing dishes in our sorority house. What was the craziest thing you ever did? to improve your social standing with the ladies. Oh, my God. Um, I j- just to tell you, anything you say is better than washing dishes. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I would honestly have to say probably leading a wine and paint for my fraternity. Oh. oh, that'll do it. Yep. That's good. Which I very quickly realized was not going to work. Oh, oh. well. Everyone, I, I gave five to 10 minutes of instruction for a reference image, and then everyone kind of just started doing their own thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's hard to lead a crowd of couples, like dozens of couples. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I, I left realizing maybe I need to, I, I'm an artist, but maybe not as much of a teacher. So that's something I can improve on. Okay. That was a learning moment. Yes. That's, I don't know how that <laughs> swings with the women, but it, it's good for you. Yeah. All right. That was fun. All right. We'll let you off the hook now and we'll take, uh, we'll take Rob and Dave out of the, out of the storytelling now, but just tell us, Sam, growing up in a family where both of your parents went to Cornell, was Cornell always a place you wanted to attend or how did you come to apply and decide to go there? Well, I, I was always really intrigued by Cornell, just going to my parents' reunions and just had a really great relationship with the campus association with it nostalgia but when it came time for me to apply to different schools uh, i was mainly looking for architecture programs and cornell is one of the 
top architecture schools or has one of the top architecture schools. So it was my main choice. I applied early decision and got in, which I was really excited about. And so that's kind of how I ended up going there. And the rest is history. Oh, that's great. So tell us a little bit about your time there. I know that that major is very demanding and you probably didn't have tons of free time, but what were the things that you took part in in campus, maybe outside of the studio? Well, the, the lack of free time is an understatement, but I, 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 I always made time for having fun outside of studio. So I, I joined Greek life, as I mentioned. I also actually applied to a couple acapella groups Ooh, in my freshman okay. year. Like your dad, yeah. So I, I applied to the waiters and I got to the final round before they cut me, unfortunately. Oh, wow. And then they were cut from campus immediately after which was a strange turn of events. And I'm not sure if they're back or if they've been kicked off permanently for hazing, but that was surprising to me. After that, I applied to Men of Last Call, which is kind of like the the next big acapella group. Practice for a couple of weeks for my audition, and then I get there. And just to backtrack a little bit, I, I have a lot of, outside of the family band, I have uh, early passion for theater. Performing in front of a group of people is something that I'm very comfortable with. If anything, like any kind of nerves that I get before I step on the stage adds to my performance, like it elevates it. But I don't know exactly what happened. Like I kind of just blanked on the first verse of what I was supposed to sing and just stood there for 10 seconds that felt more like five minutes. And I'm going to leave the rest to the imagination for you. I, I eventually did... I did sing the chorus of the song, which was I Lo- And I Love Her by the Beatles. Great song. Great song. But that was not enough for them, unfortunately. And yeah. I, I put down the microphone after that and pursued more of a visual art design track. You're obviously very creative musically and artistically. So for your artwork, Sam, in high school, were you an artist then? So you must have had to have submitted some sort of portfolio when you applied to Cornell. What's your art background? I'm I'm someone who you say has always been putting things together for as long as I can remember. But I, I really started to get more serious about visual art in high school. I, I was in a pre-college program at Rhode Island School of Design. Wow. Studying industrial design there and also taking some traditional fine art classes and staying up way too late working on projects. I took AP Studio Art senior year put a portfolio together and i was also practicing a lot of my free time like i i I credit a lot of my early development in art to just practicing on my own not Mm -hmm. even necessarily in the class um and so i submitted a lot of that work for my architecture portfolio They're, they're interested in seeing not just architecturally oriented work but also kind of the spread of your creative capabilities so I I was able to take a lot of the work from that class and apply it. I actually only ended up staying in the program for two years. It didn't exactly match up with my expectations. The all-nighters are just relentless. I made a, a bit of a crazy choice at the time to transfer to fine art, which aligned more with my passions, even if it didn't necessarily translate to a direct career path. A lot has changed since then. Yeah. 
Well, sometimes it's hard to realize that an opportunity is going to open up in front of you when you're in the thick of it. But if our listeners get a chance and we have both done a little research on you, I mean, what you have done since you made that decision is astounding. And who knows what would have otherwise happened? Your artwork is, it's really incredible. I mean, for such a young artist, and we'll, we'll put your, your website on our Instagram notes so people can find it. But do you have a vision of what you want to paint before you start painting? Or do you just start and let your mind paint what you're thinking at that moment? There's this really compelling term that I learned. And it's this word called Eigengrau. It's a German word that means intrinsic gray. And it signifies the color that you see when you close your eyes in the dark. So that uh, experience precedes a lot of our dreams and many of our best ideas. This was like a really interesting conceptual angle to uh, the, the color black, the idea of creating something from nothing. I started building a whole sculptural practice out of that. And I actually just had my first solo show since I graduated in Nashville, uh, which I was really excited about. It was this August through September. So self-titled, I can grow. So the whole show is in darkness. And it was a combination of the sculptural work that I described, like the sculptural projections and also the painting work. So I had this great idea of giving audience members and visitors flashlights so they're kind of walking through the gallery and discovering the work that is so creative it's so creative i'm I'm listening to you and i'm thinking what effect will virtual reality have on your work if any i i think that virtual reality is it's kind of re-emerging from hibernation right now and i think that's going to change how we integrate art in that. But I I think to an even greater degree, augmented reality or AR will be a bigger game changer once that's at kind of matches the stage of VR. And I actually produced a a series of works. They were essentially these floating uh, collages of AI generated images. And when when you put the headset on, I tried looking at one of them for the first time in VR and just watching it in full screen because the background was black. It just was this super lifelike, uncanny mosaic of forms. So are you doing your art full time or are you also working in a different career? No. So I, this is very much a freelance passion of mine. It's a 10 to 15 hour commitment. In terms of full time work, I'm a social media manager for a nonprofit called CAMERA. Uh, it stands for Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting and Analysis. You must be very busy right now. Yes, yes. it's It's been a very busy, emotionally fraught two weeks. Yeah. Wow. I, I want to ask you something. How, how does it work? So somebody sees either a news story or a picture, and who decides that it may not be factual, and what happens next? Usually we have letter writers and people who are monitoring the media, like major news outlets like CNN, Reuters, BBC. Usually there will be a researcher that's tasked with covering it, whether it's reaching out to the outlet. Usually that happens first. Sometimes we'll, we'll go ahead and write a piece as that's happening. But sometimes it's just something minimal, like a correction. We reach out and then they correct it. 
some of them will issue a statement after that it's been corrected. Some of them will stealth edit, which is a little bit more uh, cynical, I guess. But that's kind of a macro level understanding of the process. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to do our Cornell speed round in a minute and take you back, you know, to your college days. But just tell us, can people, are, is, is your art for sale or do you just have exhibitions to share your art? Yes. So all of my work is for sale, although my most recent collection of work is only available for pre-order because I'm saving it for a solo show next year. And I also uh, take commissions to a certain degree. I'm actually working on building out a parallel practice that's more focused on traditional commissions like portraiture, landscape art. I, I saw that on your website, Sam. By the way, you know, I don't know your grandparents. I only know them from Facebook posts from your mom, but you did a charcoal rendering of them that was, I mean, it looked identical to them. It was really, really good. Yeah, that 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 was really a labor of love for me. I mean, I can't draw or paint or sculpt anything. Yeah, I'm not artistic either. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, do you want to do our Cordell speed round now? Are you up for it, Sam? I'm ready. Let's 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 bring it on. All right. So we talked a little bit about your bar choices. Now tell us your off-campus dining choices. So I, I really like Mick. It's about 10 minutes off-campus. Favorite food truck? Louis was always a staple for me. After that, probably Sushi Rito. Favorite library? Milstein for design work. Olin for studying. Favorite class? One of, one of my favorite classes was History of Rock uh, with Judith Perino, who's been there for a while. Okay. When you look back, either in the short term or the long term, what is the song that's going to take you right back to campus? There was a major solar eclipse that was happening my junior year, but it was happening during the day. So there were a lot of day parties going on. And I was just listening to Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts a lot. Summer Breeze is a great song. Good yacht rock. Okay. I do have to ask you this because Michelle and I have had a debate about this. I have a clear memory of the group of kids from the architecture school. When they finished their big project, they were dancing on the art squad. Like they had stayed up all night and it was a whole party. And they played a song by REM called It's the End of the World as We Know It. Does that still happen? I said, yes. Michelle says there's not a chance in the world. No, no. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. You're living in the past, man. I am. I'm living <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> all right. Well, when you think back on your time at Cornell, what is the thing that you're most thankful for? What this school has taught me is that hard work doesn't always guarantee success on the first try. I like that. You have to not only question other people, but question yourself. Is this a hard and fast track that you want to stick with? And so that that was a major takeaway for me and something that I still dwell on a lot. Yeah, you're very young to have that insight. I will tell you, that's a really smart way to look at things. Well, Sam, thank you. You're obviously very busy and we really appreciate you coming on. And no offense to your dad or your uncle, but I think we saved the best price for last. But you didn't hear that. That's here. my praise. No. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, give give your family our best and best of luck to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great chatting with you both. Thanks, thank Sam. you, Sam. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. And stay tuned for the cacophony of the kazoo.